podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back in Blitz Month rolls on. And man, I, I tell you what, I, I, it's probably a good thing we didn't start recording until this point. I mean, sometimes before you start hitting record on these episodes, you have a lot of fun, uh, you know, back and forth, a lot of fun uh, conversations. But I don't think much of it would have been fit for publish, but that's okay. It is the man, the myth, the legend. He was previously, I used to call him one of the young guns, but he's been in the game for quite a bit nowadays. I think he is the most trusted source when it comes to K-State basketball news, but he knows some pigskin as well. So we're getting him in to do both football and basketball during this Blitz Month. It is my good friend, Grant Flanders. Flando, how are you doing, my man? It's it's a beautiful Monday. Things are starting to cool off here in the Kansas City area. How you doing? How's life? I'm doing great. You know, and I don't. You know, you. I know you love. You know, when the weather cools off, I'm a little hesitant on it. I like the weather now, but in a few months, I'm going to hate it. And I, I also thought you had this recording the whole time, so I'm a little bummed out that we didn't get our little back and forth at the beginning. <laughs> no, I I am I'm pretty good about not recording until like it's time although it has bit me in the butt a couple times where i don't hit record at all and i'm like oh man there's a 45 minute episode that's gone uh, we had like a 30 minutes probably longer 45 minute off topic conversation yeah we did. but luckily it wasn't recorded none of that is going to make it to the light of day um it is grant flanders of k-state online and we have a lot of basketball news originally in my full big on plan. So I, I planned out blitz month all the way back in May. Originally I had you earlier on, but again, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. There, there's this one big piece of basketball recruiting news, transfer news. We've all been waiting on and we are going to talk about that. But before we do folks, last week was K-State launch for the campus capsule over at Charlie hustle. But guess what? Just because it's already come and gone, doesn't mean you can't get over to their website and check them out. They have all that great K-State gear. I They sent me a few shirts, Grant, super comfortable. I absolutely love them. I turned around and bought their lightweight hoodie with their script K-State. So not the script cats. Everyone loves the script cats. They have a script K-State lightweight hoodie. And I cannot wait to rock that in Bill Snyder Family Stadium in the Octagon of Doom. I can't pull off a poncho like you do sometimes, you know, <laughs> down there on the floor at basketball games. But I will be rocking that. I'm going to – I love all their stuff. And, again, it's not just K-State stuff. If you like just cool, fun designs from a local apparel company, Charlie Hustle has some great Kansas City stuff. They have some landmarks. They have great brewery shirts down there. They have those iconic KC hearts. And again, if you're a Chiefs fan, they have their Kansas City football collection. 
If you're a Royals fan, they're Kansas City Baseball Collection. They have the Sporting Club Collection with some officially licensed stuff for Sporting KC and the Kansas City Monarchs. Again, maybe you have a girlfriend, maybe you have a boyfriend, maybe you have a wife, a friend that you want to impress. They have some other officially licensed college stuff as well. If you want to go, you know, get them a Nebraska shirt or some gross (laughs) stuff like that. But also, hey, they have Washburn. I'm a Topeka guy. I didn't go to Washburn. But I'm a Topeka guy. Uh, go Craig Shurig. Go which, uh, uh, Washburn <laughs> Ekabod's football teams. Hashtag Go Bods. Hoping to get back to the playoffs for a second straight year down there in Division Two. They have a Washburn shirt. So check out Charlie Hustle. Check them out. I, I think their warehouse, their actual storefront, is somewhere in the crossroads. I think somewhat close to where you live, Grant. I'm not going to say exactly where you live, but I think their like storefront is somewhere close to you. Uh, I know I've been to the one in um, the plaza and I actually got my sweet, I got my sweet uh, jacket, my sweet K-State jacket that is on my Twitter. If you want to see me, you know, my thirst trap on my Twitter profile uh, picture. But uh, I I think what they've come out with recently is some good, good looking K-State gear for K-State fans. And then, yeah, like you just said, the bods, I like to call them the icks, but that's just me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think Jane Taylor's son might be starting uh, at quarterback for them this year. So, wow. uh, yeah, a little bit of a K-State connection. Uh, yeah, and, and those lavender jackets, I think I, I, I mistakenly said that they're going to be part of this drop, but they weren't. Those are going to be coming out in October. So check them out. They have that cool Deuce Vaughn shirt, which, hey, that is a licensed thing with Deuce Vaughn. So you buy that shirt, oh. a little piece of that action is going to Deuce. Uh, but before we talk football, Grant, it hasn't been that long. I think you were on towards the end of July. Yeah. But, I mean, some pretty big basketball news just dropped over the weekend. Um, You know, I talked about it myself on the Monday show. I talked about kind of my expectations, but you're the expert. How big of a deal is it that Jerome Tang and company were able to land Keontae Johnson? I mean, it might be the best player for K-State in a while if he, if he comes back you know to the same form that he was a few years ago um, at Florida where he was one of the best players in the country as a sophomore Gator um, but it's just an insane news I mean and I just didn't really the way it was trending you know at first we thought Keontae was going to make a commitment to K-State soon after his visit because it was one of the most impressive visits you've really ever heard about, or if you've had the joy of seeing some of the videos, you know, on social media, uh, you could just tell that it was a lot of fun. I haven't seen, you know, a camaraderie among, you know, just for a recruit coming in to feel like he's a part of the team right away. I think that made a huge difference into his decision at the end of the day. Um, But it did, it did get a little worrisome when uh, things started to come out that like, you know, Western Kentucky was, you know, making a high bid for things. But I think the longer things went along, I mean, I don't know, this this is inside info, but maybe K-State was able to, you know, get enough um, funds themselves to make Keontae Johnson feel like he was, you know, uh, a good fit in that aspect of things too, because it was already clear that he was going to be a good fit for the team. But just amazing, huge news, probably the best incoming um, transfer for this class. And like I just said, maybe the best, player for k-state depending on how he shows out this this coming fall um and winter for k-state in a long long time so everyone knows they've they've heard me talk about how great he is um they've read the stats 
I don't know how many K-State fans have watched uh, him play, especially because, you know, he, he was a good freshman. I don't know if he was an all-SEC freshman or not, but he was a good freshman. But I don't know how many people watched him during that dominant stretch he had as a sophomore at Florida. What would you tell K-State fans, and how would you describe his skill set and what he's going to bring on the floor? He's really a do-it-all guy. I mean, not only does he have a really nice frame for someone who's 6'5", which allows him to play bigger than he actually is, um, but he has a really quick first step on the dribble um, when he's attacking. I mean, a lot of his highlights and a lot of, you know, the advanced stats show that he likes to get to the rim and drive. He's not taking many threes. Even just regular stats will tell you that he only takes two and a half threes per game um during that season that he you know he was all sec uh but he hit hit him at a high clip i think like 38 percent that season which is just you know really good for a, a small forward that's only shooting him at a really efficient level um and then but his ability to get to the glass is is next level and is what makes him so so good because he had he doesn't really you know, it doesn't look like he'll have it, but when you see him take that first step and put that ball on the floor, he gets by every defender, it seems like, um, you know, and then because he used, he's able to use his strength, uh, seal the lane and get to the hoop. And he ha- he's plenty athletic as well. So he'll, he'll have plenty of dunks opportunities, plenty of lob opportunities, I think, in this offense. And uh, I think, you know, yeah, just his savviness in the paint is offensively what I'm excited about for K-State with Keontae Johnson. And then defensively, I think he should be solid. I think he's, you know, like I've said, with that kind of frame and that athleticism that he possesses, he should be able to guard multiple uh, positions on the perimeter or in the post. Um, but I really like him, you know, as a small forward or even a power forward on this K-State team. So I didn't I didn't have this question on here, obviously. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I could uh, kind of feed it into the, in, in here. Uh, if we assume he's relatively healthy, which I think is the correct assumption to make since he has been cleared, um, he is going to be the best player in K-State's uh, squad this year, don't you think? I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, based on what I was saying at the beginning, he, he it'd be it'd be kind of contradictory to what I said that he wouldn't be. And I, I think he has to be, um, especially if they want to, you know, get to that ceiling that they can get to, but other guys will be rival rivaling him as the best players. Marquise Noel cannot be discounted. He's a stud. Um, and then on both ends of the floor and then Desi Sills coming in as a, you know, legitimate scorer is going to be, you know, a different, obviously a way different kind of player than Keontae Johnson, but um, a more perimeter oriented. He's a guard, but I think those two uh, Noel and Sills have a chance to rival him for that. And then uh, Tyke Green should also not be discounted either. I mean, you see him, he's built, he's built even better than what Keontae Johnson's built. He doesn't quite have that athleticism Johnson has or that ability to get to the rim um, like Johnson uh, specifically. But um, I, I, I really like the idea of both Green and Keontae Johnson on the floor together at times playing that three and the four spot, you know, with whoever at the five, because they have tons of options, length and ability to be super versatile in how they run people out on the floor. Where do you think he's going to stack up against the rest of the best players in the Big 12? Is he going to be a first-team all-conference contender? Is he going to contend maybe for Big 12 newcomer of the year? What, what kind of expectations can we throw out there with, again, the assumption he's going to be healthy? I think, I think he has to be. I mean, it's going to be – it won't be easy – 
But um, you look at names across the league, especially forwards. Um, Jalen Wilson is going to make it tough on him from Kansas. Obviously, he's been there for you, been in the Big 12 for years. He knows uh, what to do, and he's a skilled forward. Um, and then there's plenty of guards that are going to, you know, try to take that small forward position uh, as well. And first team, I mean, just look at Baylor's lineup with possibly Keontae George starting, LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, a bunch of guys that I think um, will have a chance to all three of those guys will have a chance to get on the first team, all big 12 uh, selection. And then, I mean, the forwards for uh, Baylor interesting too. What will Jalen Bridges look like coming from West Virginia? He could be a really solid piece as he's continuing to progress through his career. And then Caleb Lohner is an interesting um, piece that Baylor also has, you know, I mean, I'm really pointing out those two teams to start because they're obviously they've been, uh, one and two in the league the last, what, two, three years. So they're going to still be the teams to beat. But then also you have teams like Texas Tech and TCU that have some really solid pieces. I don't think Tech – I think Tech, again, is this year more um, consistent across the board than having a real stud on their team. Um, but you, it'll be interesting to see what Kevin O'Banner turns out to be um, in his, you know, super senior season with Texas Tech. And then – um, Kerwin Walton also has a, you know, incoming transfer from, uh, North Carolina that K-State did want at one point before he chose Texas Tech. It'll be an interesting, he's 6'5", he's a 6'5 guard that will look to, you know, make some waves. And I just, I'll keep talking about it because why not? I mean, it's big 12 will be fun. It'll be good again this year. Mike Miles Jr. is going to obviously make a run for that, uh, top, you know, all big 12 first team selection. Uh, on TCU and Micah Peavy will be an interesting um, choice for them as well as a big guard outside of them. I mean, Chuck O'Bannon Jr. is also a possibility there um, who Keontae Johnson will be, you know, vying for a spot. I just want to say this about yeah. O'Bannon. His family yeah. is the reason why we've gone all these many years without NCAA and college football, college basketball video games. Just throwing that out there. I did not uh, no, know that. No offense to his kid, but I think it's his uncle or his dad, Ed O'Bannon. Uh, he, he's <laughs> the reason he sued EA Sports and then uh, the NCAA. And that's the reason why we had all those years without the uh, video games that are coming back. Wow. So there's a reason to, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not Chuck O'Bannon's fault, but we can still put put some of the or put some of the fault on, on Chuck O'Bannon Jr. for his family. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. His uncle could, could I think his uncle's Ed O'Bannon, uh played okay. at UCLA. Yep. And then, you know, you uh, going looking at Oklahoma. I mean, they don't have a bunch of top-tier talent. Um, besides, you know, obviously Tanner Groves is gonna be a really good player, but he's more of a big man that has a chance to, you know, really make some waves. Grant Sherfield is a guard coming in from Nevada that will be will be tough, you know, and probably I, I know that's another guy that K State really wanted. Um, but I mean, with the with how things worked out and timing wise, with uh, Rodney Perry, it may have been where maybe that's why it wasn't able to work out between K State and Grant Sherfield. But again with the way, the way they've constructed the roster. I think it all worked out. <laughs> I know it all worked out, it seemed like. And, and then I got to oh, say – oh, sorry, go, go ahead. Just going to say, in Oklahoma State has tons of good guards as well. I mean, honestly, uh, they don't really have a forward that sticks out besides maybe Caleb Boone, but even him. And and obviously, Musa Cease is really good defender, but I don't know if he's a good enough offensive player to be first-team All-Big 12. Yeah, I, I, I'm really – 
we're going to talk football here in a second. I'm really excited for this basketball season. Uh, you know, I have season tickets again. You know, I I really wish that Wichita State game wasn't on that Saturday of the Big 12 Championship for football um, because just in case we're in Arlington, I man, I hope Gene moves that game to a Sunday. Uh, but, I, you know, you have Wichita State home. You have, you know, Keontae's former team, uh, the Gators, coming to town. Uh, for a Saturday game in January, you have the Cornhuskers in Kansas City in the T-Mobile Center. Like you're gonna, you could probably walk to that game. Um, it, it's it's just gonna be mm-hmm. an exciting, exciting season. Um, and I I said it. I put my cards on the table yesterday. I said that K State is now making the tournament. There's no bubble in my mind. It is now talking about okay, what seed are they gonna have? Are they gonna be able to get up to a seven or six seed so you don't have to worry about playing a one seed in the yeah. second round? That's where my my mindset is. Uh, again, I I f- fully am saying I might be drinking the Kool Aid. I said we we're gonna go ten and two, uh, and you know a- end up you know with a postseason ranking of fifteen for football. So I'm like all in <laughs> drinking Kool Aid right now. So. I, you might need to tell me to chill out, but what, what are now your expectations for this team this upcoming season? You saw my tweet. I'm drinking that same Kool-Aid you're drinking. I think, I think you're, you put even some like more. an extra little uh, purple packet. <laughs> exactly. I think, because that's the thing is, I do think I was already higher on this team than some where I, I kind of thought even without Keontae, it was bubble, but also I'd be kind of shocked if they didn't make the tournament, in my opinion, just because of the pieces and what I'd studied on, some of these guys, like I, I just have a hard time believing they, because they pretty much upgraded in every spot besides, besides Nigel Pack leaving. I mean, besides Nigel Pack leaving, they've upgraded everywhere, and now you have a Marquise Noel um, that is coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Um, so I, without Keonta, I, I had in my mind this team's not going to uh, miss a tournament without being as close as you possibly can, because obviously. Last year with Bruce Weber, they were on the bubble until the very end, and then everything collapsed with the the losing streak they had at the very end. Um, and they've only upgraded everywhere across the board, besides, of course, losing Nigel Pack. But having a guy like Keontae Johnson now come in, uh, <laughs> yeah, they play different positions, but Keontae Johnson's more it's more versatile. He's still really, really good. And then you 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 I. The fact I just said that they just upgraded everywhere else with Keontae Johnson, I don't think it's even a question that they're a tournament team at this point. I think they're no doubt in my mind, a top half of the uh, conference team. So top five team in the conference. And I know people like to read my thing. Oh, oh, uh, you said contender. So you're crowning them champs. No, that's not what I'm here to do. I just think Big 12 is so tight every year at the top usually even near the end of the season that you can be in your third and fourth place in third and fourth place and still be considered a contender in my eyes. But I also realize everyone has a different definition for contender, but in my, my opinion, if you're third place, if you're hovering third place in the big 12, you might as well be considered a title contender at that point in basketball. That's how much things can change as well. Yeah, and again, to your point with, with basketball, if you look at like the last few years, uh, you know, the number four team was Texas. They were top four. KU and Baylor split the title last year at 14 and four. Well, Texas is just, you know, four games out of being there. Texas Tech, just two games out of being yeah. there. Again, any given night, I mean, fuck, K-State was up big on KU at halftime. Any given game, yeah. uh, something can happen. If you go back to, 
that 2020-21 uh, uh, season. So not this most recent season, but the season before that. Baylor, yes, they go 13-1. and one. Uh, Number two, KU went 12-6. and six. The number five team was Oklahoma State. They went 11-7. and seven. Again, the so basketball in the Big 12 is just a slobber knocker. If a team isn't going to go 17-1, and one, if they're not going to run away with it, again, you go back, you know, the, the fifth place team, like when, when K-State won the title, the, Baylor was only four games out of first place the last time K-State won the Big 12 title. Anything can happen. So, again, exactly. uh, am I going to go as far as saying, oh, Big 12 title contender like you did? No, but here's the thing. You get hot, you win a couple of those 50-50 mm-hmm. games early, momentum starts going. I mean, it, I'm not going to predict it could happen, but I don't think it's as outlandish of a tweet as some people tried to say it was. Yeah, because people think I'm crowning, and it's like, no, I still think Kansas and Baylor are going to be the teams to beat, and those are, yeah, the if you want to consider it the contenders, and K-State's in a Tier 2, I don't mind you saying that, but I think Tier 2, and that's where I put K-State, other people might want to go – lower than that but I think tier two in big 12 basketball you have a real shot at contending for a title yes um real quick that wasn't the only commitment we actually got 13 scholarship players I remember you know back in like May when we're sitting with like four scholarship guys we're like fuck 13 let's get to 10 yeah. uh, but we, we have 13 scholarship players Anthony Thomas who's like a guard wing hybrid he's six seven spent his sophomore year at Tallahassee Community College where I think he was like uh, 12 and four. I, I didn't have the stats right there in front of me. He played mm-hmm. his fr- freshman year at UT Martin. He was averaging nine points a game as a freshman at a division one school. Um, I, I see no world where this kid is getting big time minutes. Uh, but I think, all right, man, if this is your, you know, what number 11 guy on the bench, 12 guy on the bench. Cause you know, I think Taj Manning and Finster might even be redshirt candidates. Yeah. I don't think this guy's a redshirt candidate, but like, that's a true elevation of talent. Uh, what was your takeaway from getting to watch a little bit of his Juco film? And, and what do you think about that addition is the 13th and final edition yeah. uh, for the scholarship players this year? Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at it from the way you laid it out, I think it's solid, solid addition. I, and like you said, I agree. I don't think he's going to, there's, there's 10, there's 10 other players that are going to be playing ahead of him. So yeah, I think he's more of like an 11th piece on this team. And as an 11th piece, a six, seven dude that has um, athleticism and ability to get to the rim. Um, not a great jumper, but that's something that I, I think under Jerome Tang is something that like can be corrected and not something that is just dead in the water for him. I think He's, he's not afraid to shoot it, and he shot like 34 35% from three um, in junior college last year. So it might be something they can play with in that aspect. But um, I will say his numbers other places don't look great. So that's, that's kind of his percentages from inside the three-point line isn't great. Sure, yes, on highlights, it's always going to look good. He's dunking the ball. He's getting to the rim. Um, so maybe there's more to the story to that. Maybe he's taking, you know, ill-advised – two point jumpers that Bruce Weber might love, but not even for a guy like Anthony Thomas that might be bricking, you know, these, these mid range jumpers, who knows? I don't know exactly why his numbers aren't great on the inside, but that's the thing. I mean, you can't really expect a ton from him, but as a 13th piece, we, I mean, you, and we talked about it a long time ago. I think you said it to me. Oh, I really wouldn't mind. Even if we, even if K state got Keontae Johnson, I really wouldn't mind seeing, 
one more guard just to have at the you know end of the bench as a possible depth. So you don't have to see Dorian Finister, who's definitely, I think, a year, maybe two away from, I mean, definitely a year of, you know, getting into the weight room and, and honing in on his game before he can really make an impact at all as a guy that can come in um, as Thomas for, you know, five to 10 minutes, if he needs to in a game, I don't think that's, you know, uh, a crazy, you know, thing for him to be able to accomplish. And I think it's, it's decent, you know, 10 other guys in front of him. I think Anthony Thomas is solid. Yeah. And then I will say his athleticism too, defensively and length, (laughs) he looks like maybe the one of the longest, easily the longest guard that they've added. So he, he could be, someone that they uh, like to play on, you know, defensive possessions um, in their no middle defense where he's tipping passes. He's making sure that things are uh, tightened up, but I also don't know how good he is um, as a defender, as an on-ball defender. That is something where maybe he struggles to, you know, play, but with that athleticism and length, he should be okay. Yeah. Honestly, he's going to give, Jerome Tang the option if Finister and Manning if both those guys are bought in and willing to redshirt the the option is there I don't think the option was going to be there for both of them if he didn't come on board um we'll we'll move on two quick things before we get your football predictions uh we got off to a super hot hot start with Day Day Ames and RJ uh for the 2023 recruiting uh any names that K-State fans Wildcat fans should keep an eye on here in the coming months for possible additions that 2023 uh yeah um so now they got two they got two guards in the the fold I think you start to look at some forwards and McCaleb Rich I think that's how you say his name McCaleb Rich from uh, East St. Louis Illinois um three star six foot six at least six foot five uh, guy that you know started out as a guard you know in high school and has slowly grown into what he is now which is more of a, a forward a small forward and power forward even um, for the if the, if he were to land at K-State I think he could play the three and four a lot um, but uh, he's visiting September 16th so keep an eye out or no September 10th so keep an eye out for him um, Justin McBride is a, a newer one that you know just got offered in late July and now they have set up for a visit for September 16th. Um, and then Dalen Davis, a little nugget that I know you want to get to nuggets here in a second, but Dalen Davis is a point guard that I think they're moving on from. Um, they actually, he was scheduled for September 16th, but now that the visit's not happening anymore. Um, so might shed some light on what they're thinking about doing for that position going forward. Um, and then, Muhammad Diobate, I think that's how you say his name, is a guy that a four-star forward that you should definitely keep an eye on. Hasn't set up a visit yet, but he really likes K-State. He's in on it. And then there's some dudes that it's like, there's no way in hell I think K-State's going to get them. But then again, this uh, this staff has already surprised me with the addition of Keontae Johnson and and others in the class. So you just never know. I'll point them out in Bay Fall, five-star center who recently put K-State in his top seven. Don't think he's going to go to K-State, but it'd be fun to see if K-State can swing a visit for him because that would be, um, you know, just to have a guy of that caliber on campus is always a good, you know, sign for a program. And then um, what's the one other guy? Oh, yeah, Caden Cooper is a four-star. Might as well be a five-star in my mind. Incredible athlete. He put K-State, he's been talking to K-State still a lot, but I kind of, 
have my doubts that he ends up getting on campus and K-State really ends up in the end um, of his recruitment. All right, and then final thing before we get football, and that's the fun part about uh, this episode. It's basically two episodes. We, we get a nice long <laughs> football one, then we're, or basketball one, then we're going to get your football predictions. And I talk any, so goddamn long. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. You, you're you, So your portion of the pre-predictions is longer than anyone because there is so much basketball news to talk about. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, I'm I love have it. To, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I just. Oh yeah, you're sorry to the listeners. I understand. No, I'm that. sorry to you. It's like it, it's the the listeners love it. I mean, you know, it's it's you know that's part of the fun with the content every day. Uh, but I mean, hell, because of like our you know 45 minutes before this, I'm like, man, your girlfriend gonna be like, what? What do you mean your voice is gone? And you're talking to some dude named Scott on Zoom all day. Um, she just went to the other room because we've been talking for so long. <laughs> Well, shout out to your girlfriend. Uh, you know, you're a good looking dude, but I mean, as respectful as possible, I mean, she's super hot and probably way too hot for you, but Hey, whatever. I mean that super respectfully to both of you. I don't know if she'll listen she to this, but she, well, a, I don't know if she likes to listen to my voice either. So well, you guys are a power couple, uh, but fi- final, like any nuggets or whispers you want to share surrounding the basketball program, as class started today. Yeah. I mean, outside of anything that I've uh, already shared, nothing crazy. I would just say, you know, I don't think we should understate. I mean, we talk about it with football and Tremaine Carroll about how big of a huge asset he is to that football program. I think the same will eventually be able to be said about Phil Bear, which is the strength and conditioning coach for uh, K-State. Um, at basketball, I think he's going to take this team, this long and athletic team, and take them to another notch of strength and athleticism. Because that's the thing: you get in weight rooms and condition, you can improve your athleticism too. So, it'll be. Uh, I think that's someone that I think I want to shout out as many times as I can because they don't get talked about as much. And I think you know we know how great this t- uh, staff is already recruiting guys. I just think that. Um, that that's something where I uh, he can take this team to a whole nother level as well. I love it. All right, before we get into it, Boneheads, if you're listening to this on release day, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., we are going to go as long as y'all want to give predictions. I think Flando was hang- hanging out in the chat last year. Uh, <laughs> things got a little bit wild. Things get wild in the chat on Bonehead sure extravaganza prediction night. We're starting at 7 I will go as late as I need to so every single bonehead can get their predictions out there. If you, there is no episode on Thursday, the, the aim is to have one. I'm trying to get a backup episode for Thursday just in case. Um, but we went so long last year, we completely – like they didn't send us the audio for like two weeks. So I'm working on getting like a backup episode so we can keep the one episode every – excuse me, weekday going – but if there isn't one, uh, it's because Spotify Live lost it. It gets wild <laughs> in the chat and during the show. And then, of course, check out Charlie Hustle. I'll, I'm rocking one right now. Uh, they're super comfortable, high fashion. Honestly, I'm not kidding. My favorite Chiefs uh, shirt is in, from their Arrowhead collection. 
which has the stadium with a flyover going. My favorite sporting KC shirts, Charlie Hustle. My favorite K-State shirt, Charlie Hustle. It's a local Kansas City brand. Check them out. Okay. I think you need to put this video out so you can prove to them you're wearing one right now. Well, so no, because <laughs> I, I'm wearing a gross hat. There's like a glare coming off my sunglasses. <laughs> I don't put this out on YouTube. I know some folks, like that's the rage. Like, you know, monetize the YouTube as well. No, this is, you know, if I looked as good as you, Flando, maybe <laughs> I, I would do it, but, but, but I, I, I'm not. Um, so let's get into football predictions. Uh, let's do it. Offensive MVP. Who's it going to be? I mean, are you, are you, I think you're crazy if you don't say anyone besides Deuce Vaughn. So, there there I mean, have been some people who have not said Deuce Vaughn, believe it or not. They said Adrian Martinez then. Yep, I mean, that's yep, the only there were some uh, Adrian Martinez. I get that. I mean, he's the most important position Martinez is, but we're talking about Deuce Vaughn as a guy that possibly could be talked about and is already by some even national heads getting talked about as a Heisman um, possibility. So everyone you, tweet at Kellis Robinette and tell him to give me a Heisman vote. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, if he continues to progress and he's the type of dude that stays locked in, he's not the type, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm already so good. I'm just going to coast from here on out. No, he's continuing to try to get better. Brian Anderson has already said, um, that he sees even more speed out of Deuce Vaughn. Is that just coach speak? Who knows? Maybe it is. But if it's true, and, and he's even faster than he already was, which I could believe because he was he's always been a speedster, but he wasn't the fastest player in the country. Maybe he could go to a whole nother gear. So if he gets to that, watch out. There's no doubt he's going to be the offensive MVP. Who's going to be the third horseman to go along with Adrian and Deuce? Now, this is where you can have some fun. I mean, I, I'm sure some people have told you Malik Knowles. Um, I, I just don't want to – I just haven't seen enough consistency from him, so I'm going to go with a dude that's also going to be an answer for later. But R.J. Garcia, I mean, the hype around this guy makes me think that he is going to be a stud at K-State. I don't know if it will happen as soon as this year, but there's that possibility. And I think if he is, it does take this offense to a whole nother level because I'm just not ready to trust – Malik Knowles on a consistent basis I think he is a hell of a player he's really solid he's fast he can catch the ball um, and maybe with Martinez a different quarterback he takes his a whole new jump but now we have a guy that looks like he has the possibility of really um, competing with Knowles as an athlete as a guy that's a speedster um, and I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, RJ Garcia, who's also, you know, not going to be on a ton of radars this year on, um, you know, d defenses saying, oh, we got to key in on that guy. If he is, it's because he has had a great start to his season. And it's like, look out, we, we better put the safeties way back because he's catching bombs over the top time and time again. I love it. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Who's going to be your defensive MVP? Felix, Felix, <laughs> DK Uzoma. I mean, he is, uh, he was that last year for them. I mean, just the way he was an unreal ability to, uh, you know, change games by himself on the defensive side of the football. Um, but I, I do want to shout out guys like Daniel Green, I think came close and Julius Brintz as a guy that just needs, I just needed to see a little bit more from him last year for me to say a guy like Julius Brintz and honestly from Daniel Green, um, I think he was great last year, but he has another gear he can get to. Uzoma is already there. Any DK Uzoma is already there. He, 
if he gets to another gear, it's like what, might as well talk about him for Heisman too because he's uh, he's an unreal defensive end, and uh, I, I I'd be doing K State a disfavor if I didn't say he was going to be defensive MVP. I think actually we might have might have had more Deuce Green than Felix, but it's been pretty close to like 50-50. Yeah. Again, Felix led the nation, I believe, last year in forced fumbles. So it's not just sacks, it's not just tackles for losses. He's getting the ball on the carpet. Um, if you're gonna do a dark horse, so you know, you mentioned two guys, the other two guys who are all uh, preseason all big twelve. I think I don't think he can say either of those two guys. Anyone yeah. else I think is fair game to say dark horse. Yeah, if anyone else is fair game, I you know, I've I've thought about this question and I'll throw two out there, and then I'll pick one from the two. Nate Matlack, for sure, a dark horse to have a Popular breakout answer. season. Yep. And then um, Kobe Savage has been talked about so much. His safety been talked about so much this offseason that um, I think somehow we're, I, I'm not even bringing up a guy like Josh Hayes because Josh Hayes is also uh, could be thrown in there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, hate on someone if they threw him in there, but Kobe Savage seems to be a guy – that I'd be shocked. I mean, I know sometimes hype doesn't come to fruition. We've seen that time and time again, but this year seems different. And if the hype with Kobe Savage is real, he's my pick for dark horse for this honor. All right, let's get out to breakout players. I, I think maybe you've uh, tipped your hand because I think both of your, uh, you know, third <laughs> horsemen and under the radar, I know both those guys would br- be breakout. So offense, you've already shouted out RJ Garcia. If you want to talk more about uh, the wide receiver uh, from Florida, you can, if you want to throw some other names out there, you can as well. But uh, I, I think you'd have to say officially the answer for this is RJ. Oh yeah. Officially it's RJ. I mean, if I were to throw out a few other guys, um, Cade Warner is a possibility as a guy that could break out. I think, I mean, Captain. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I think, you know, he's a really good leader on the team. So, and they could use him as a, as a player. I mean, how many people have said Malik Knowles for this answer? Because technically he has never broken out in his career, at least in my opinion. Well, so I, I wouldn't count him as a breakout because while he hasn't like had like, you know, a, thousand yard receiving off like he's been a starter for that's like true. five I, straight I forgot like this is gonna be his fifth yeah. year as a starter that's a good point so yeah no i understand that and um ben sinnett is an interesting one but i guess you know he he was probably he was a starter for some of the season last i mean year i would ball. allow that one because again like our show talked about him even though we're a big jack Stanine podcast we talked about him but again i i think that would qualify as a breakout yeah. player I think and then that if was you fans. Want... That was fans' breakout player. Okay. Yeah, no, and I like that. I like that pick. And if you wanted to go offensive line, I'd say probably say Taylor Potier has finally not been able to, you know, finally if he can stay healthy, could possibly be that guy where he's he's showing what Chris Kleiman and Connor Riley have talked about him time and time again. All right. Defense. Uh, I, I assume this is going to be Kobe Savage. Yeah. I mean, it'd be either Kobe Savage, Nate Matlack, and I mean, Josh Hayes is an interesting one as well. Obviously, I mean, that could a newcomer coming in that really had a rough season at uh, Virginia last year. But I think this year he could come in and, and be a lot better. I mean, I think injury early on in last season at Virginia really hindered what he could do um, with the Cavaliers. Now he's back with his, you know, a familiar face in Chris Kleiman um, since, you know, he played with him at uh, NDSU. So, I think he could be another possibility there. And then if I were to – oh, and then I like Omar Daniels as another guy that could possibly 
um, have a breakout season as, you know, a, a third, a third cornerback behind the two studs in Brents and Echo Boy Doe. Um, he could be key, especially when, you know, there's a lot of injuries that go on in football. For sure. And again, Josh Hayes was first team all Mountain West football conference when he was a member of the Bison. All right. My favorite question, what's the pendulum game of the year? You know, I, I thought about this hard. I th- I, there's a few different games that I thought of, but I stuck with TCU. I, I don't know. I just feel like if they can, uh, even if they lose to Oklahoma, um, I, I, I see that they, you know, get past the, all their non-con games with wins. They could possibly lose to Oklahoma. That's what I'm thinking in my mind that might happen. It's in Norman. I know it's a new coach and stuff, and people love to hate on Oklahoma, but I, I'll have to see them fail before I will believe that they will fail. K-State um, has won three out of the last five, five in Norman, by the way. It's a great it's, point. It's, it's a great same. point. I will say Chris Kleiman knows how to beat the, the goddamn Sooners. Um, but, you know, maybe that's a thing where, too, I, I, that's the thing is I'm not going to hype up Venables at all, but maybe he does bring a more defensive intensity to a team that has been pretty porous on defense for years under Lincoln Riley. Um, but then, you, you know, Texas Tech is an interesting game, and Iowa State both are interesting games. Um, I think they definitely get through Tech. Iowa State and Ames, I definitely think they get through that as well, but I could see someone picking that as the pendulum game. That was mine. That was mine. Yep, that's the second one I was thinking. But I stuck with TCU because I think they get through all those. Whereas TCU is kind of like, if if they're going into that game, what one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven and one. one Yeah, five and one. I think it is one, two, three, four, five, six. So yeah, five and one. They get into that game at five and one based on my you know understanding of who I think they will beat on the way. That's a game where you know. You, you lose to TCU, then I'm thinking in my mind, well, you're going to lose to Oklahoma State possibly, probably going to lose to Baylor, and, and then there's one more game in Texas or West Virginia that are coin flips that they could also lose. So that's my game, I think, pendulum-wise. I totally understand. Iowa State's, I think, uh, uh, from your vantage point, I understand why you picked that because, because it's slightly earlier in the season. If you lose that game, it's not looking – like a great season with two losses already uh, with the expectations going into what this season was. I totally understand that. Pick. All right, let's go on the record. What do you have K-State's record being? I, you know, I'm boring and I'm having them lose to all the going nine and three and losing to all the ranked teams right now in the big 12. I mean, obviously that's the thing is that could always change because I could see them beating Oklahoma state at home. I don't think Oklahoma State is as scary this year as they were last year without Jim Knowles, but I just, uh, I, I, I just, I do think Baylor and Oklahoma will be tough. And then, if they if they were to be in Oklahoma State, you just never know in football. Maybe they do lose to TCU or Texas or West Virginia on the road. All right, so nine and three. Uh, if there's some craziness, there's a chance you could get to Arlington. But if you have them losing to Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Oklahoma, I, I don't see it happening. So who will be clashing in Arlington in that first Saturday in December? Baylor and Oklahoma. Um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I, I know I, I love listening to Fan, too. I'm, I'm sure Fan didn't pick Baylor for this because he's been lower he on them. He did not. He did not. I, I, and I don't blame him for that. 
But um, I do agree with some people that, you know, have said how, yes, Baylor lost a lot from last year's team, but they also might have one of the better, you know, O-line and D-lines in the league. And I think that's an area, especially offensive line, if you have a really great offensive line, you are winning a lot of football games. And, um, and on top of it all, I do think I love Chris Kleiman to death, but Aranda might be my, you know, might be the best coach in my mind. In we the need to ball. get Aranda out of there. I know that's the thing with Aranda there, you know, there's always that possibility. If it was a different coach, I'd probably not pick Baylor this year, but they'd probably also not be ranked 10th with all Correct. they lost. Yep. Yep. All right. And then final question, uh, just kind of close us out. What's the future of the big 12? The official question is how many members are going to be in the big 12 in the year 2024? That currently is the last season where Oklahoma and Texas are contractually obligated to be in the K in the big 12. It's also the first year after the PAC 12's current TV deal. So, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, so could, could there be the four corner schools? Could Oklahoma and Texas be here? Will they be in the SEC? Who knows? That's why I'm asking you, how many teams are in the Big 12 in 2024? I think Oklahoma and Texas, and obviously I don't follow this as much as some people do, and I feel like there hasn't been as much news on this front as there was like so, a couple so, weeks ago. So Brett McMurphy just t today said Oregon had officials in Chicago talking with the Big Ten. So that actually is some – relatively big that players. is true no that's huge but for big 12's perspective i haven't seen a ton happen in the last few weeks which is interesting so I, I'm, I'm gonna assume but when when it was you know when that was being talked about a lot it seemed like a lot of people were saying texas and oklahoma will probably be on their way out earlier i don't know if that's gonna happen or not i'm gonna go ahead and say that that is gonna happen so now we're at eight but i do see or no i'm sorry now you're at 12. 10 12 because oh yeah 12 because, because all four of them are coming next year next year's gonna be wild yeah, with that's gonna be teams. fun that's gonna be fun because uh i think houston cincinnati ucf and byu i think are a solid four teams coming in and then so i think you could be i think 14 by 2024 is possibility i think colorado makes it happen and then if there's another team that i'm who's the one Either Utah or Arizona, coin flip. Because I think like Arizona, Arizona wants to be here, so I, I think Colorado and Arizona might be. If that place. happens, and I've said this already to you know in group chats with other people, if Arizona comes to the Big Twelve, I don't think there's much questioning whether the Big Twelve is the best basketball. Oh uh, my god, it would it, it would not even be freaking close. <laughs> I mean, Arizona State sucks at everything. Colorado basketball is meh at best. I don't really know anything about Utah basketball. I feel like they've been like pretty meh. But if you add Arizona, that's a blue blood to that mix. My gosh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call them a blue blood, but they're close. Yeah, I mean, they're like um, Michigan State. Like, yeah, it's oh my god, that would be wild. That would be wild. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. Besides, I mean, obviously the history of UCLA and and, and they've been great lately. They're the best basketball program in the Pac-12. And I mean, UCLA is not even in the Pac-12. So yeah, Whew, that would be wild. All right. Well, that's all we have. We have Grant on the record. We're going to have Grant back on, I'm sure sometime early in September, because we can't, can't stay that far away from Grant Flanders. Uh, Drew Galloway was on earlier. We're probably, we're working on trying to get Derek Young on for his Blitz Month appearance next week as well to get all the KSO guys on before the football season. So Grant, tell you the bonehead. Stick with me, bro. 
Say what? You just stick with me. Screw Drew and DY. <laughs> well, hey, look, look. First off, I love both of them. Like, this, oh yeah, this is not shade either one of them. But we <laughs> yeah. have a lot of fun when we, when we chat. When we when we chat, we have a lot of fun. But that's a good thing. All three of you guys bring something different. That's true. You know, so you know, I'm not throwing shade. I I love I love all my friends in the K State media equally. Well, I don't know. I got lunch. <laughs> I got lunch with. Although I, I did get drinks with DY before he moved i haven't hung out with drew outside of you know podcasting and stuff so drew's probably technically on the bottom so drew (laughs) come on we got to get lunch sometime but no grant you're the best flando is the best uh tell the boneheads anything you'd want to and then uh, i'll let you get back to hanging out with your girlfriend yeah man um you know things are going good at k-state online uh just stick with us uh a lot of uh if you've noticed the content we put out, we put it out all the time. So just head over there, check it out. Um, besides that. Yeah. I love, I love hanging out with you too, Scott. It's always a good time talking with you. Yeah. They might be more of the smart guys. I'm more of the fun guy. So at least there's that for me. <laughs> that is for sure. All right. That's all we got boneheads. We're going live 7 PM on Spotify live tomorrow. As you guys are listening to this, hopefully, hopefully, uh tomorrow morning you're gonna hear my conversation with Wyatt Thompson it hasn't been recorded yet so I'm a little nervous teasing something before it's recorded but I'm hoping I get to talk to the voice of the Wildcats so for Chauncey Bosco for Grant Flanders we love you guys and go Cats it's time to get set for the cat attack Network.